Welcome to the EquipCast for the Archdiocese of Omaha. Designed to help leaders to transform their cultures, to embody the pastoral vision, to be one church, encountering Jesus, equipping disciples, and living mercy. Cast number 16. And today we're, it's, it's going to feel a little bit different. We're hoping this can be more a little bit of a, a prayerful type of meditative mm-hmm. reflection on, on what it means to be on mission with the Holy Spirit as really the agent of, of action uh, yeah. on the mission. So uh, hopefully this can be kind of a, a prayerful thing. My name is Father Jeff Lorig. I'm joined by my co-host, Jim Jansen here. Hey, everybody. And he is the Director of Evangelization and Catechesis for the Archdiocese of Omaha. Uh, you're on live with us today, and we want to encourage you to use the chat room as much as possible. So again, if you're just joining us, check in online. Let us know which parish you're from here in the Archdiocese. If you're not from the Archdiocese, um, let us know what uh, what what diocese you're from. It's always fun to have people from, from outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we love it when you ask a question. Use the chat box, chat box, chat box to ask a question. Uh, it really does uh, help us to uh, uh, think about things we need to be talking about. We do have people from our offices in the chat mm-hmm. room letting us know what's going on, and so they, if if they think we're off track, like right now, maybe say like, "Father Jeff, just hurry it up. Can we get to the point?" Let's. They might tell us that your questions yeah. will shape the conversation, You're and maybe qu- save it. Maybe save it, yeah. Um, we do want to thank uh, Whitney Bradley. You can see she's finally got a camera over there. Yay, Whitney Bradley Whitney. is our producer. I don't know why I put quotes on there because we're, we don't really know what a producer is, but she helps produce it and put all this stuff together. So thanks, Whitney. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, we record our EquipCast live every Friday at 3.30 Central Time. Uh, if you're not able to join us ever live, you can just subscribe to this podcast because we're basically turning this webcast into a podcast after all this is over. Uh, also, you can just subscribe to the blog, which is equip.archomaha.org, and that's the best place to sort of check in and get connected in, in, in any sort of updates we do here in the pastoral services, any mm-hmm. ideas that we're talking about. We usually just uh, drop uh, drop a few thoughts in, in that as a blog, and then you'll get an email if we do that. Let's see. I think that's about all. Um, I think we're supposed to promote something today, aren't we? Yeah, we've got yeah. a contest. We do have a contest. <laughs> so we're running a, uh, a subscribe to win contest. Uh, when you subscribe, you get entered um, at Equip. Um, we really believe that empowering the clergy and lay leaders at our, our parishes uh, to transform their culture Um one of the keys to that is leadership. Um, some of you know the Archdiocese was one of the first in, well, the country, the world, to partner with the Global Leadership Summit. Yes, um, first Catholic organization. First, Yeah, first yeah. Catholic organization to, to do that. And that was a huge, gosh, that was a huge event last year when we were allowed to have huge events. Uh, last year we had 300 people uh, all gathered from across the Archdiocese. And man, it was uh, it was magnificent to see pastors and and leaders from across the archdiocese all parishes gathered together to learn about being better leaders yeah so the global leadership summit uh it's still happening um but in case you you didn't get a chance to come last year and um you want to go this year but if you want to watch all the talks we have something to give away it's called the uh it's, it's basically the app well it's not just the app but it's all it's a subscription to all the old talks uh and so it's called gls next and it is a, I believe it's like a hundred and twenty dollar value. Mm-hmm. Actually, that's a 
I'm looking at it. There it is. That's why I couldn't. GLS Next Premium. Uh, it, it's a $124 value. So we're going to give a few of these away. And to do that, uh, I don't know what they have to do. They have to subscribe. So you go to uh, Arch Omaha. Uh, Equip.archomaha.org. I'm a professional. Don't try this at home. (laughs) Equip.archomaha.org. And when you subscribe, you get registered uh, for the for this contest. And Father, what is what's this like Global Leadership Summit Next GLS Next Premium? Like, what is that? So the Global Leadership Summit uh, is a series of talks. It's a two day conference of talks on leadership. And so some of the best leaders, best writers on leadership, uh, are gathered together. Uh, it's, uh, it's done in a church out of Chicago and then it's broadcast all over the world. I think when it's all said and done, there's like 400,000 people that participate in yeah. this. And, uh, of course this year is going to be a little bit tricky, but we can talk about that uh, another time. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, if you want to get a taste of it, you want to get a try, a try a chance to win yeah. one of these, uh, subscriptions to their premium content it's basically all the old talks mm-hmm. which you can't find on youtube you can't get into that so you so guess what you're automatically registered just by being on here um actually the people who are from our offices you're not registered uh you'll have to buy it actually yeah. i think we have i think we have a <laughs> sorry you can't yeah. win if you work for the archdiocese um but uh, if you went last year and if you're on with us today uh, mm-hmm. and if you're already a subscriber to the blog uh, we'll, uh, you're automatically entered in the contest. So we just want to make sure that the people listening to the podcast hear that news. Yeah. I'm sure Whitney's rolling her eyes because we uh, totally muffed that announcement. Well, and if I, I can just make a little testimony, like the content, like you guys will recognize some of the names, right? John Maxwell, Patrick Lencioni, um, other like government leaders, Bear Grylls was there last year, like literally on a mountain as he was uh, speaking. Um, and I, I forget the name of the, uh, of the gentleman who gave the talk last year, but one of the talks last year that really stuck with me, uh, was this guy who did this, this, this personal social experiment called rejection therapy. And it was so powerful because he just talked it. what he did is he, you know, worked as hard as he could to ask people for ridiculous things. So they would actually say no, right. To get, you know, to get a rejection what he found was twofold. One, people said yes way more often than he expected. And what he realized was he was refusing to ask for what he wanted, for his desires, because he just assumed the answer would be no. And I mean, it's a crazy, like, I'm not, I crazy story. I mean, literally, he's like, he gets to fly airplanes and all these crazy things uh, that happen because he he asks and what it does, I mean, it, it revealed to me how often I, I don't get, I don't write Jesus's words, right? You don't receive because you don't ask. Um, so I, th- this content is gold. Uh, you will really love it. So I encourage you to, uh, yeah, subscribe, get a friend uh, to subscribe because um, this, uh, these talks are, are really worth their weight in gold. And you've got a month to uh, enter into that contest because uh, July 2nd will be the end of it. So mm-hmm. you got a little bit of time. Again, none of you watching right now are, need to worry about it because you're already entered to win. So you're completely bored out of your gourd. Um, but that's, oh, that rhymed. Well, that's very clever. Yeah. Okay. He's a professional. All right, let's get to home. it, Jim, here. Um, so Pentecost is this weekend, and we wanted to yes. highlight the fact that the Holy Spirit is really the agent of of mission and evangelization and nothing happens. The mission doesn't happen unless the Holy spirit is a part of it. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've given a few evangelization talks in my, in my day. And usually somebody will say, wasn't it really just all up to the Holy spirit? Like, you know, what point, what part of the strategy of evangelization 
is it is it when you, you need to like really just call on the Holy Spirit? Mm-hmm. And I usually say like every moment. It's, it's sort of yeah. implied in all the talks, every homily that I give about evangelization. Yeah. It's implied that the Holy Spirit is really the mover uh, and and the the guide for for all of the of, of the mission as it was in the early church. So mm-hmm. it is so it is with us. So uh, we just want to make sure that it's not implied. We want to make it extremely explicit today and just talk about what's the relationship between the mission and the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and and put that in the context of all of our ministries and everything that we do day in and day out of, of, of making sure that the Holy Spirit is a part of it. Um, so I, I did just get a, I had a conversation with somebody recently about. Mm-hmm. Um, about working in the parish and and doing mm. ministry, and it was just it's it just came to a realization for us is like but we can't do any of this without the Holy Spirit, yeah. And and really just a, even a, a summons to make sure we're calling on the Holy Spirit. Like she she's just felt that in her own heart. Just like we need to make sure we invite the Holy Spirit into this. Yeah. So well, and it, it's such a tired phrase. Like I'm like working, I'm laboring to not say now more than ever. <laughs> Um, Because I'm like so sick of hearing that for the last however many months of like COVID world. But I mean, let's be honest, like people are just not coming back the way they did before, uh, you know, before we had to celebrate the liturgy with with social distance. Um, And maybe that's going to change over the next, you know, three to six months. We'll see how things unfold. But we live in a time that is disoriented and new and as we think about new okay new models and because the mission hasn't changed i mean the mission of the church it's not like people need the gospel less now that amazon you know is bringing everything we want to our front door i mean we we need the gospel just as much as we ever have but how the church is supposed to live and operate and fulfill that timeless mission to bring the good news to people in this world like the Holy Spirit is infinitely creative and powerful, and gosh, it seems like this is such a moment for the Holy Spirit uh, to take over, to be the inspiration, the guide, the counselor, the consoler. All of the things that he does, it, it seems like that need is, I mean, I don't think the need is, we're necessarily have the need more now than other, but it's just clearer now because praise God, we might actually feel, feel our inadequacy in a way that we might make room for him. Amen. So what does the Holy Spirit do uh, in the context of mission? What does it help us with, Jim? Well, why don't we, I wanted to start off here just by, again, this is a little bit different of a podcast, a little bit, maybe a little bit more of a kind of a a meditative uh, episode, but I just want to read a little selection from the Pentecost story here. So uh, if you're listening to this on the podcast and you're driving, please do not close your eyes. Um, If you're not driving and you're in a, if you're walking to and chewing gum or whatever, please don't, don't like trip or I don't want anybody to get injured. If you were in a place where you can close your eyes, um, I just want to read a little bit of the story of Pentecost to kind of set the scene. Because as I've been meditating on the story, I feel like there's some elements that jump out here um, that help teach us how we are to receive anew uh, another moment of Pentecost. So this is, uh, this is Acts chapter 2. Come Holy Spirit. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly, a sound came from heaven like the rush of a mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as of fire, 
distributed and resting on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, the multitude came together, and they were bewildered, because each one heard them speaking in his own language. And they were amazed and wondered, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in his own native language? We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. So we'll just sit with that uh, for a moment. And uh, yeah, just offer a few little reflections here uh, of uh, what it means for us to receive uh, the Spirit and uh, the gift of Pentecost anew. So, Father, what's jumping out to you? What grabs you from that story? Yeah, just at, at the very beginning, uh, before they even went anywhere, uh, mm-hmm. they they were told to receive the Holy Spirit. So, uh, I always yeah. reflect on, on the ascension. I always focus on mm-hmm. when uh, when the angels say to the apostles, "Like, why are you standing there? What are you doing? Yeah, what are you standing? Have you noticed how angels make fun of people a lot? <laughs> yeah, it'll be fun in heaven when we can all." shoot the breeze together. But uh, yeah, um, yeah just there's this sense of like the, go back there and receive power. And yeah. and then the, the, the mission, the power of the mission really comes from the Holy Spirit. So mm-hmm. um, I have been, uh, so this morning I was in the Nash Chapel of a cathedral and there's a mm-hmm. beautiful Pentecost image of, of the upper room uh, with yeah. the Holy Spirit, the tongues of fire coming on Mary. And then there's a, there's a red window come on the east side of that Nash Chapel and it just, it shines right on, the the Pentecost image. So if you if if you want to come to the cathedral, just just check it out. Like so, this morning wow. it just looked like the whole thing was just bursting with with red. In fact, I took a picture of it and I didn't turn I didn't put a filter on it, but it's like it's completely red. It's it's amazing. So and then I just read a story of a another friend of mine, uh, somebody I went to seminary with, and then he ended up becoming a kind of a missionary, a St. Paul's outreach missionary. Yeah, his name is Sam Schoenfelder and. And he he wrote an email to uh, several people just about his mm. conversion experience two thousand years ago or not uh, twenty years ago, uh, uh, which Sam's a real veteran missionary. Yeah, real veteran. Yeah, <laughs> twenty years ago of just what happened when 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 he just really opened up his heart to the yeah. Holy Spirit. It was just flooded with new life and new power. Mm-hmm. Um, he went from sort of just wandering around to complete abandon for the Lord. So he has. Yeah. He's 43. He has seven kids. He's beating you. Oh man, <laughs> flaming my competition. And he it and he just he's a complete he completely docile to the Holy yeah. Spirit. In fact, he asked me earlier in the year. He's like, "You think the Lord might be calling me to Omaha?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I don't know about that, Sam. But uh, uh, what I do know is that there's not many jobs and churches are kind of poor right now. So mm-hmm. I don't know if the Holy Spirit's telling you come. <laughs> there's no good reason for it except for it's His reason. Yeah." So that's kind of what's coming up for me today. It's just that that experience of what Sam shared in his story this morning that I read yeah. in that beautiful chapel. Well, and you know, my it reminds me in my own. I would I would say my my relationship with the Holy Spirit, whether it was a later part of my spiritual journey. Um, you know, I was you know raised Catholic, and so I had you know 
Jesus and the Father, but the Spirit was a much later kind of like Andrew. I mean, he was kind of like you know, kind of like the redheaded stepchild of the Trinity. I didn't pay much attention. I didn't know. It's like okay, I can have this relationship with the Father. I can imagine that. I have an image there, relationship with Jesus. But you know, having a relationship with a bird or fire or wind uh, seemed a little harder. And <laughs> I had I'd been blessed right to have a lot of friends who had some charismatic background and uh, people who wanted to help me get to know the Holy Spirit. Um, and it was interesting. I, I knew that that mattered, and so I worked. But my relationship with the Holy Spirit really came to life when I, uh, when I finally found myself in, in, a, in a place of need. So I'll, I'll give you just kind of like maybe a, a, a clear example here. Um, I felt like I was very early, like, I don't know, whatever, years ago, maybe, um, probably would have been 15 years ago now. Um, I had a friend take me on a life in the spirit retreat and, you know, some of the gifts of the spirit, uh, some of the more extraordinary gifts, things like praying in tongues or whatever is usually a part of that. And that was a gift that I wanted and didn't want. If the, if anybody has had kind of like a charismatic experience, you've been kind of like on the outside. It's like, oh, it feels like there's these cool things happening to other people. And I kind of want that. And I'm also definitely afraid of that. And I know the, I walked away from that retreat and the Lord had given me some gifts and nothing came of it until about 10 years later, I was on a retreat where I was in a prayer ministry and I was praying for people and I was moving around and I was praying, you know, I was part of a team praying for people who, praying really for the spirit to come alive in in their life. And I remember being sick or not sick. I mean, I wasn't disgusted, but I remember not wanting to pray. I didn't want it to be my words anymore, right? I didn't want to, I didn't want to be the one speaking anymore. I wanted in a way that I had not ever desired before, I wanted to be a channel of God's grace. And I didn't want to be the one speaking, which is rare, right? Those of you who know me, Father's smirking here, like I like speaking. And I just had this desire that my words would not be my own, that it would be the Lord's words. And suddenly that gift that I'd been given on the retreat came to life. And it was amazing. I saw beautiful, powerful things that were clearly not from me happening as a result of my prayer. But as I reflect on it, and I think this is one of the one of the things that shows up from this act story, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of mission. And the gifts that I had been given and my relation with relationship with the Spirit did not come to life until I had a clear sense of mission. Um, and I think that's I think that's one of the, the recipes going on in Acts of the Apostles here. The immediate context is this overwhelming commission that Jesus gives, go make disciples of all nations. Uh, and literally that's ringing in their ears, you know, nine days previous when this spirit comes. And I think that's part of, part of the reason that it comes is that the spirit comes to life when we have a clear sense of mission. Or the other way around, right? Like the mission comes to life once we have a clear sense of the Holy Spirit. Right. Well, I, mean, I think it's both, right? He's the one who gives and clarifies and equips us for our mission. And our relationship with him takes on new dimension when we know we have something to do that is beyond our capacity, beyond yeah. what we can do. And I, I, I should say like, so I'm, I've been ordained, I'm going on 16 years, uh, sometime in June. I'll hmm. let you know when that happens. Uh, yeah, June. 
That's my ordination. Somewhere, sometime in June, June fifth. Actually, I my... saved in my calendar, but I don't memorize. <laughs> so it's, it's. Uh, so I have not had any, you know, powerful charismatic ex- mm-hmm. experiences. So I, I think many listeners might just like, well, I'll need something like what Sam had or what Jim had, and I'll need yep. some of these sort of like be, need to be flooded with all this and and have these powerful experiences. I, I honestly, I mean, I, I've had a conversion in my life, and I, but I haven't had anything like where I would like. I don't think I would freak my atheist brother out, you know, if I said, you know, like. I did this or that. I, I, I think he yeah. would just say, okay, you just kind of took on a new life pattern. So I, mm-hmm. I don't want to set up the expectation uh, for people that they need to have this. If you're sitting there listening, you're just like, well, I just, I got to keep yeah. asking for the Holy spirit to come. And then, then I'll finally know what I'm supposed to do. I, I, so I, I think everybody, it, obviously the Holy Spirit's going to work differently with everybody. Mm-hmm. And, and um, uh, for, for me, it's uh, I, I think what I'll just repeat what St. Augustine says, like, um, you know, God will speak through our desires and, and, mm-hmm. and really praying through those desires is, is prayer, right? It's, uh, it's a way yeah. in which right, the, he just puts this fire in our heart. And if the more we listen to it and we relate it back to him, yeah. um, then it begins clarified. And you're just like, I, I want to do something beyond where we're at today. And, yeah. and, and I don't know if I can accomplish it, um, but I, I want it. Yeah, that, that was the, I mean, that was the part of my story. Other places where I've seen the spirit move and work in my life, it's where I've wanted to do something. I have had a desire to serve, a sense of mission that wasn't just, it was like something that I owned. It's like, I want, I want to do this and I know I can't do this without God's help, whether it was teaching or prayer with someone or whatever. Um, I think that's a, I mean, that's, yeah, that's just, the, that's just the one of the keys. I think the spirit flocks like descends on those who feel this desire to continue the mission of Jesus because that's what he does. And do you think that sometimes we do feel a little bit overwhelmed, right? We, we see the task in front of us and it does feel overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Where does the Holy spirit come into play there in our lives when it, it, it like, I want this mm-hmm. and I, and I have, have to believe that the Lord would want it too, like to go reach the lost and, mm-hmm. And let his love be experienced in, in, in a ways that transform lives that, um, because he, so that the thirst at the well and the thirst on the cross, like give me something to drink. Like mm-hmm. I believe that so powerfully that not only is it one he wanted in my life, but he wants, he thirsts for, for every soul. And I don't just want people to believe what I believe. Um, but that love, he loves us. Like that's why he created us. He, he yeah he's in crazy mad love with us and uh but he wants to channel his love through us and so that that's where i think that the, the, the but it sometimes it, but i can't, you know like right so i think most people know that i'm i'll be moving into a new parish and they think okay i'm gonna be i'll I'll be a pastor of a parish. I'll be able to like have this this conduit of God's people, and I get to organize, lead them mm-hmm. like Moses, and in this in the desert, and just. But I can't find an office to work out of. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like and 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 they're asking me about what? Wh- how do you want to split your salary? And 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 where do? You, what's the job description for this person? And I was like, but I was going to go save the world, like, yeah. <laughs> and it, it can just get a little overwhelming. I don't do you, do you, does yeah. that ever happen to you? No, I never get overwhelmed really. Just so let's move on. Uh, no, I actually, I think, I think, I think that's another part of the recipe, right? Being overwhelmed and having a sense of desperation, I think is exactly where God wants us. But I mean, I don't think it's just a guy thing, but I think guys tend to struggle with it a little bit more. Like I don't like feeling inadequate. I don't like feeling desperate and overwhelmed, but 
that's part of, I think that's part of the, the, the recipe here. Again, back to the Great Commission, Peter, James, John, the rest of the apostles, most of those guys had never been more than 50 miles from home. And Jesus says, you know, you're going to make disciples of all nations, right? Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And like, they have no idea what the, I mean, the ends of the earth was much further even than they could have imagined. But it's like, that's totally overwhelming. And I think we tend to resist being overwhelmed. We tend to resist being desperate. Um, but I'm going to give a shout out to Father Dave Belt here. Um, you know, like he had this great insight that like, I was just making a comment, you know, noting that like how how many of the, the finest ministers that I knew um, still would struggle and be be desperate. And I was, you know, kind of like surprised or scandalized by that. And he kind of like gave me a funny look. He's like, well, that's why they're the best because they're desperate and they let God do it. And I was like, oh, that's why you're a veteran pastor. Like it was just, it was awesome, right? So shout out for for Father Bell. And I think that's, I think that's what the Holy Spirit wants because then there's, we're at least a little bit less likely to suffer from the illusion that it was us. It's a little bit more clear that it was God. Yeah, so oftentimes there's there's all kinds of barriers and, and, and things, obstacles that would say, well, Oh, you got. You're just gonna have to figure this out because I mean, I'm gonna give my all and give my best. Mm-hmm. And um, but I, I often hear it from Jen. I know Jen is on on here as well, Jen Mosier. And she, she, I'll I'll say something that happened in a meeting, and I'll kind of report what happened and what's 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 going on here, and what's and she'll just say, "Man, Jesus just moving things out of the way for you." <laughs> and I'm mm-hmm. like, "Really? Like, <laughs> uh, okay." So yeah. it's clearly like it's a um, this. So it doesn't have to just be Jesus. It's like the Holy Spirit just is moving hearts and helping conversations to happen. But mm-hmm. also, I think we often experience where, man, you're just in a meeting. You're just like, I don't know, Lord. This just uh, it feels like we're we're so concerned about sausage fests and and um, splitting salaries, fun- fundraisers, and and trying to figure out the budget and uh, locks, leaks, and loans, as Deacon Tim McNeil would say. Yeah, locks leaks and loans and that can be the sort of the uh, many ministers just jobs and that that and and then you're like well that's not what i got ordained for and i often wonder if if that's our vocation problem like i wonder if like why why do guys not want to oh, sign up for this um, because because i because i think their experience of ministry has just been locks leads and loads like what's a pastor do like basically make sure the the boat is floating but we're not exactly sure where we're going mm-hmm. well yeah i mean it's, it's that sense of mission sense of like desperation and the spirit like leads us to a place of desperation he provides us a sense of mission and then equips us for that for that mission do you ever notice when jesus goes out into the desert you know for 40 days remember what it says he led by the spirit yeah. He goes into the desert the for 40 days and 40 nights. And, and I, I've, I'm certain I've given some homilies. And I'm like, uh, no, thank you. Right. <laughs> I'll have none yeah. of that Holy Spirit. <laughs> yeah. It's like, if you're going to lead me to the desert, like at least pack a lunch or something. <laughs> yeah. Cause like, yeah, I'm sure. Right. He's like, ah, oh, second person in the Trinity. Hi, I have flesh right now. So I kind of need a sandwich <laughs> or something, but no, I mean, yeah, that's what the spirit does. He leads us to a place of desperation and when when we let ourselves be led there, man, he then he moves. So I would say, if there's any, if you don't take it, take anything away from conversation today, it's like let your let yourself admit when you're desperate, um, and and be honest about it, because that because the Lord loves to fly there. 
Yeah, so we we have sort of a, a mantra here in our offices, but we stole it from from Jim Beckman. Mm. So when it comes to prayer, you need to be honest and you need to be consistent. Mm-hmm. Honesty and consistency. And so that just that consistent prayer just means I got to show up. Like I'll do the best I can. The Lord will show up. Um, but but I have to have I've got to somehow at least ask for the grace to to be able to show up consistently and and to be there. And then when I'm there, I need to be consistently honest, like and and especially honest about I don't know how to do this, Lord. I remember at mm-hmm. St. Ledger's, I often would pray that prayer, like I have no idea what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Like I just like I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> that was my prayer. So yeah. um, uh, now it's I better kinda... if we pray it. Everybody else sees it. So just, let's just ad- <laughs> right. God knows. Let's just admit it, <laughs> Lord. Jeff, Father Jeff doesn't really know what he's doing. If he could just do something for him, uh, yeah. So. Now I feel like Do you I ever make that the petition. So just like, <laughs> Lord, <laughs> we and pray we pray for Lord. Father Jeff because we all know he doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, and so I think so. Practically speaking, in this on the sort of eve of of Pentecost, yeah. I think for us to be able to say, I there's just a there's mountains that need to be moved, and and it'll take it'll take the gift of the Holy spirit, the gift of faith through the Holy yeah. spirit to move those mountains. And, and I mean, I, but I do have to show up. Yeah. Um, he wants to do it through me, but he wants to show to show off through me. Well, and let me, I want to share a little theory here. My theory is, is that we are so afraid of being desperate mm-hmm. that what we do is we shrink the mission and the commission the Lord has given us. Right. We're, what he is, what Jesus gives us is way beyond our capacity, right? I love, look again, gosh, all these shout outs today. Father Harry Boozy, my pastor at St. Bernadette's, um, loves, uh, loves to say, well, I heard people say, you know, the Lord never gives you more than you can handle. And he kind of pauses and he's like, I don't think that's true. <laughs> and like, you know, the whole church is like scandalized. He's like, the Lord never gives us more than we can handle without him. And, and, and I think what happens is, is when we are given a commission by the Lord, right, whether it be the great commission, go make disciples of all nation, or our own, our own little um, version of that, our own little commission, our family, our parish, our youth ministry, whatever, our neighborhood, our workplace, we're given this commission and it's way bigger than we can handle. And so what do we do? Do we run to the Lord and say, like, I can't do this without you? No, we end up shrinking our mission. When they're like, I'm just gonna, I'll just keep these kids safe, right? I don't need to, I don't need to, our youth ministry doesn't really need to make our our kids into apostles. They couldn't possibly be missionaries in today's world to their peers. We're just gonna keep them safe. The the vision, so God will put a vision in your heart for something, for your ministry or for your parish. Um, It should be bigger than what's possible. That's how you know it's God's. (laughs) Right, so it should be, yeah, that, that's a that's a it's a marker of yes. Um, you should feel that sense of like I don't know how this is going to be done. Now there's great techniques and and things that that need to happen. You need to like the the multiplication of leadership is yeah. extremely important. Um, uh, reproducing yourself, relationships, um, yeah, well, all, I mean, all those she, techniques. Yes, but it's but even with that, like it, you. It's still, it's it's going to be impossible. So I yeah. think God has much much bigger vision of our of our church than than we do, and uh, yeah. But but again, fundamentally, I think 
part of the reason that happens is we're, we're fundamentally afraid of feeling inadequate. And so we shrink down and imagine that the Lord has only called us to care for the people who are coming, or we're only called to right to, you know, to, to keep people safe. And in fact, we're called to, to mobilize people for the salvation of the entire world, or at least the zip codes <laughs> within our sphere of influence. Think about the first call of the, of the disciples, mm-hmm. right? Cast into the deep, Duke and Altum cast. Yeah. Like, what was Peter's response? Duke, I can, yeah. You go, and you're better. No, it's okay. Are you sure? Oh, they want get... it now. I can see their... <laughs> uh, the... Uh, now you got me off track. I'm sorry. Well, the Peter's response, when when, yeah. when when Jesus says, you know, cast into the deep, like, yes. and, and Peter's response is, I, we've been fishing all night long. There's no possible, like, we already, we've done everything we know how to do. And he said, go do it. Just cast into the yeah. deep. And so well, Jesus had a bigger vision for their fishing trip than they, they could have imagined. Like, no, yeah. I really... I'm going to send you out into the deep. Well, and isn't isn't that an image for where the church is at today? I mean, so many of our, again, religious ed, youth ministry, our parishes in general, we've been fighting tooth and nail to try and stay alive, right? To to try and like keep keep the place open, keep somebody coming. And then this COVID thing comes along and, and we're like, Lord, we've been trying all night and whatever the deep is, right? Whether it's, I mean, that can take many forms, but at the very least, the deep is dark, the deep is unknown, uh, the deep is scary, and that's where that's where the Lord is calling us. Yeah, so don't be afraid of the, the desperation. I think it's a, it's a powerful place to pray. Uh, in fact, so when, when people come to... I'm, I'm sorry, I'm maybe belaboring this and we should move on, yeah. but uh, uh, I understand what you're saying. Like this, this, this point of desperation, when people come to confession... And they keep mm. coming back over and over again, and and it's the same sin, and it's usually some it's an addiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll just say, great, that's that's great, because yeah. you have finally sort of hit the wall. You've come face to face with powerlessness, and guess what's next? Yeah, the only thing left is for you to t- totally depend on the mercy of God. And, yeah, and and that I said that's mm. the best place to be. Like it's not about like you you can you really choose this or choose not to like. If you just choose powerlessness, he'll do the rest. Yeah, I, well, I mean that's right. The, all the twelve-step programs, like there's a there's there's a reason that those things work. Um, they're tapping into the fundamentals of the way God likes to save humanity. Yeah. So another element of mm-hmm. Pentecost and mission was the way in which this early church prayed. Yeah. They're gathered together, and that's what jumped out to me today when we first read it, right? It starts off, says, when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And that communal prayer, um, obviously we gather, right, for, for the liturgy, and there's a very special moment of communal prayer there. But I don't think that has to, that communal prayer doesn't have to stay stuck Stuck in the liturgy. It doesn't have to be limited to the liturgy. The liturgy is supposed to spill out into all aspects of our life. So if I could be super practical here, like I, I, you just can't imagine. I, I'm sure they were celebrating right the liturgy, you know, at times and breaking of bread over these these nine days as they were praying for for the Spirit and for that promised power. <laughs> but 
I don't think, you know, when they, whenever, you know, like this, this early church gathering, when they got to the like, okay, now do, let's do the finance uh, portion of our, of our meeting. I don't think they said a quick Hail Mary and then moved on. Well, like you, you just get this. That we will now be doing the reading of the minutes from the previous meeting. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's like, there's, this is a picture of people really praying together. Um, it's deeply communal. It's consistent, right? They're doing it for nine days. And you can assume, again, because of like the context, they're like, and, you know, I mean, the Romans or the Jewish authorities could come knock down the door and, you know, drag us all to prison or worse any moment now that, that you get a sense that there's some honest desperation in their prayer. Yeah, they prayed. So, that, you know, again, contrast that with all of our experiences of being in parish committees and even if it's the fundraising committee, yeah. uh, like it's a Hail Mary and we move on yeah. and let's get to business, right? This The business, that's the most important thing. Even I'm guilty of that in our leadership meetings, even mm-hmm. though I'm the one who sort of said like, hey, let's pray like a little bit more than a Hail Mary. But some days I'm like, I just let's get to the business because I like because mm-hmm. we never get thing, our things done and then we we always go over time. Um, it's mostly Jim's fault, but uh, true. But the, and I like the the, the temptation to want to skip over prayer is real, and oh, but yeah. when we do it, um, there's a lot of different things that happen when we make sure that we sort of model what the early church did, even in our small committees, mm-hmm. just to uh, make sure that we we take time to call on the Holy Spirit, make sure we take time to listen to the word of God. But, but so when we do that, right, we're exercising a muscle, sort of our, our spirituality muscle, our, our contemplative muscle. But, but, but when we share, so we, that's a part of our prayer too, like sharing what's, what's going on in our hearts, the graces, the challenges. What, what happens there is <clears throat> when I hear somebody else talk about what God's doing in their life, mm-hmm. what the graces that, that speak, it encourages me it's sometimes when somebody says something, that's what I needed to hear. Yeah. And uh, so oh, there's at least half the time for me. So, so there's that, that communal aspect of being one body. Like it doesn't just happen alone. And, and I always say like the most intimate part of ourselves, it's not our physical cells. It's not our sexual cells. Right. It, it's, it's the, 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 the spirituality, the deepest longings, fears, hopes, desires. And that's a hard place to really begin to reveal yeah. not only to ourselves, but, or to God, but also to other people in the in this church. It, it builds unity. I mean, I just I just thought of this story as we were talking. You know, some some of you know that part of what the pastoral services offices do is that we help teams come together. You know, so we'll we'll come as just kind of guests, uh, coaches, or consultants, if you will, and we'll help teams. You know, we'll do team building exercises and help them do goal setting and things like that, and. Anytime we do that, we always begin with a very generous 20 to 30 minutes of shared prayer. Usually Lexio Divinus so will read the scriptures and you know, we'll read it out loud several times and give space for silence and then sharing about what's coming up. And I remember one of the times uh, we did this, we were focusing on um, you know, a particular scripture verse that, that talked about uh, unity. But at the start of that, it was a letter of St. Paul where he talks about one, you know, one one body, many parts. But at the very beginning, Paul's writing this. He's talking about a prison, and he's like, I, Paul, a prisoner for the Lord. And you want to talk about people being vulnerable. This was a group of people where all of them, the thing that was really resonating with them was, I feel like a prisoner. I feel stuck. Like, th- things are so hard right now, and I don't want to, and I don't know what to do. And it was such a beautiful moment for this team where the Word of God just reached in, and I thought, I kind of, 
had something else in mind for the word of God to do that day, but, but it did exactly what it was supposed to do. The spirit reached out and brought that team together and their sense of shared compassion for what they were going through. Um, they recognized the individual burden they were carrying. They actually weren't that unique and they weren't alone in that. Um, it was so beautiful. Uh, and I just want to give, again, a shout out for Father Carl Salinitro at Holy Cross. Um, he's asked, I think, his pastoral council and his finance council, and I think every meeting at the parish, if I have this right, um, and if I have it wrong, let's say that I have it right. I know it was a goal that they yeah, had. that every every parish meeting would begin with very generous prayer, right? T- 10, 20, 30 minutes of Lexio Divina. And that that's just the unity that that provides and the discernment and the peace. I mean, I I just got to believe that finance council meetings go better when we give Jesus right the best time at the beginning of the meeting. And I was just thinking about, so imagine, so this is sort of my vision casting. So let's imagine that, that you have a parish that's committed to this, like that they spend 20 minutes at the beginning of a meeting as, as church calling down the Holy Spirit, praying together. Oh, yeah. And I was just thinking, well, what, what could go wrong? I'm like, I'm like, what bad things would happen if, if they did that? Yeah. Well, do you think God's like, oh man, like, I'm sorry. Like you needed the full 90 minutes to get stuff done. And because you gave 30 minutes to me, I'm sorry. You're just gonna, you know, the budget will not be balanced now. Yeah. I mean, you gotta believe the Lord is going to bless and reward that because if we're honest, part of the reason our meetings are so hard is we lack the gift of unity. We lack the hope or the faith or whatever gift that only God can provide for those meetings to actually be fruitful. Does it always have have to happen at the beginning? Uh, no. So there's another cool, like really practical um, uh, tool that some of us have been leaning into uh, lately, and it's called a discernment decade or a discernment rosary. Um, and basically, you, you pray one or more decades of, of the rosary, depending on what you have time, time for, um, simply asking the question, asking a question, for example, Lord, what should we do next? And so that instead of perhaps meditating on a particular mystery, that's the question, Lord, what should we do next? And um, the group prays a decade of the rosary with that question in mind. And then after a little bit of silence has an opportunity to share what they've heard. And that often happens in the middle or near the end of the meeting, right? When we find ourselves at a crossroads, we're like, yeah, we're not quite sure what to do next. And maybe there's some ideas, but nothing's really, you know, really landing. Uh, that's a way again, to invite the Lord in, uh, <laughs> the spirit through Mary to like, Lord, where, where should we go? I mean, you see that all the time in Acts of the Apostles, that literally they just kind of stop and they gather together in communal prayer. They're like, Lord, what's next? Where where, where are you leading us? Uh, yeah, I've seen it. Um, I can't say it's been prevalent in, in a lot of my meetings because uh, I think I need to develop that habit. I need to kind of mm. flex that muscle a little bit more or let the Lord help me with that. But I... I I remember I was at one of our early meetings when we were putting these teams together for after the vision was put together. Mm. In fact, it was a meeting for the mentorship program, which I think there's lots of of mentors here uh, who are part of that program. Uh, One of the early meetings, I just remember things seemed really overwhelming. Like, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, the, the task in front of us, not just to put a program together. That was, that's easy. It was this, the, to, help hearts and minds know the, the mercy and love of Jesus Christ through, mm-hmm. through, through the church. 
uh, and the hearts that would need to be converted for that, the, yeah. the skills that would need to be attained, the, 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 the influence that would need to happen, just all the things. That just And in the middle of it, um, Mark Nelson from St. Gerald's, he was on this committee. He stopped the meeting. He wasn't even in charge of it. He just stopped the meeting. <laughs> I love and, that. And he just said, I think, you know what? I think we should just pray. And uh, so we just all like yeah. stopped and we, and he just did, he must have the gift of intercession, uh, intercessory prayer. Cause he just started unloading and then other people started praying and just asking. And it just, and I just remember thinking, well, I had got goosebumps. I'm getting goosebumps now. I think thinking yeah. about it. Cause it was just this moment with like, I'm going to love working with these people yeah. uh, because it was people who were just really open to the Holy spirit and, totally dependent on the Lord. And, and I needed that in my life. I needed other people to sort of model that for me. Well, and this is what I think that's, that's a picture of the cultures that Archbishop Lucas and the archdiocese is that that we're, we're seeking when we talk about, right. The, like the, the culture change uh, of the vision and priorities, one church encountering Jesus, equipping disciples, living mercy, like, that that's an image of unity that that's a that's a image of <laughs> seeking God's mercy and encountering the Lord like all of it's all of it's there but it was like well why don't we do that well we don't do that because I mean I literally I've been in meetings like that too where somebody said like you know this just doesn't feel right where they just like say the obvious like we're clearly stuck and we're making no progress whatsoever and we're just about to decide something stupid that they, they say <laughs> the obvious thing uh why don't we pray and I remember like the first time somebody did that in a, in a meeting that I was in, I was like, can you do this? Is that, I mean, is that okay? And like, you know, God bless Mark for like, just like doing initially this countercultural thing. Just like, hey, let's just pray. But how cool would it be if we can reclaim this culture where our reliance on God and the spirit for wisdom and guidance is just normal? Wow. Oh. So, like I said, it's good to have good people like that in your life who are really oh, open yeah. to the Holy Spirit. Also really good to have sort of the, the model of of discipleship, of missionaries, to be a good mentor to us, and yes. that would be and Mary. Who would that be? That yeah. would be Mary. Mary. I t- yeah. Uh, I, so, yeah, uh, we can't, you should not have a talk about the Holy Spirit without talking about Mary. Mm-hmm. That should. I don't mean to should people. Um, should really avoid the shoulds. I don't want to should you to death. Yeah. Um, but uh, here's one should. I'll just put like, and I'm probably guilty of not doing it some days, but like if, if, if you don't have a homily, if you have a homily about the Holy Spirit and you don't talk a little bit about Mary, um, then you maybe missed an opportunity. Yeah. Uh, so uh, tell us a little bit about Mary and what, obviously she got pregnant by listening to the Holy Spirit. That's one way. <laughs> yes. Uh, which immediately made her life very easy and comfortable. I just might point out, right? Un- <laughs> right. Yeah. Unmarried and pregnant and like, thank you, Holy Spirit. I don't, it seems to me that the Holy Spirit doesn't really, um, I mean, yes, the Holy Spirit would bring calm to the heart and to the mind, to the spirit. But oftentimes it, the Holy Spirit seems to be leading us in, in places that we didn't imagine. Oh, and didn't yeah. really want to go in the first place. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, that, again, that's right. Kind of how you know, how you know it's God. It's like, oh, I feel enormous peace and there's a, a lot of, there's a lot of like what I don't want to say turmoil, but like, and my, and my life has now taken a turn that I had no idea was coming. I mean, again, the creativity of the spirit is fantastic. I think what I like about obviously Mary, like how do you, how do you draw close to Mary? How do you let Mary, you know, St. Maximilian Kolbe uh, called her 
um, the the spouse of, of the Holy Spirit. You know, he wrote some beautiful, uh, huge Marian devotion, uh, amazing, you know, kind of apostle, if you will, of, of Poland. Um, how, how do we get to know Mary? And obviously the, the you know, devotions of, of the rosary and thinking about her character. But I think one of the, one of the, one of the things we can do is like Mary sitting there with the apostles. And I just, oh gosh, I just, just imagine her just kind of starting the conversation, just changing the prayer, starting the, the prayer, just gently guiding it. I mean, right. Kind of like, kind of like Mark Nelson, um, that Mary's the one who's like, why don't we pray? And Mary's the one who's, you know, perhaps recalling one of the promises of, of the, uh, of the scriptures, uh, of the Old Testament for the group. And obviously, man, it's good for us to think about, you know, Mary through different Marian devotions, rosary, uh, Marian consecration, whatever. But there are people in our life who model this type of docility to the Holy Spirit and letting them uh, mentor us, if you will, even if it's not some sort of formal mentorship relationship, just just an inspiration. Like that is such a gift. And there's a couple couple people that are coming to mind for me right now that just like they model this 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 Marian Mary like devotion to the Holy Spirit. Um, Father, who are you think who are you thinking of right now? Is there anybody coming to mind? Yeah, uh, Sarah Fanta from St. Ledger's and I yeah. know the St. Ledger people are just going to nod <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yep, Sarah would be the one. Yeah. Um, be, yeah. You just, uh, there's nothing flashy or fancy and, uh, but it's just de- depends a lot on the Holy spirit. So she's a mm-hmm. great model and she's always think of, of what's possible. Um, and I don't think that's, that's something she comes up with. I think it's, mm-hmm. she just has this, I don't think she's naturally optimistic. Like that's not her, her, personality she's you know happy girl yeah. and all that good stuff but I, I really I'm just recalling some of the conversations we had like there's a deep desire but then she mm-hmm. keeps the desire is about possibilities this is what could happen this is what could happen and mm-hmm. uh, so I think that she's someone who really models that Marian type of uh, docility to the spirit mm-hmm. I, I was thinking of uh, Jesse Carey um, again I'm like full of shout outs this is like the shout out episode uh, <laughs> name drop Jet, name drop I'm actually friends with her um, <laughs> she's the one who actually brought me to the archdiocese who's a good friend and kept emailing me the job description and it took me a long time to acknowledge that and she was like too nice to ignore her, so um, but uh, Jesse tells this amazing story of this you know time she, she runs a, a retreat center and a camp and Jesse is a very, very busy lady. And on the, the grounds, uh, out near Elkhorn, the pro sanctity, uh, center, there's, there's this, uh, there was this huge wood pile that was like left over from, I think a tree that got struck by lightning. And, and she tells this beautiful story of how there's this, this, this wood pile. That's just this like kind of this, you know, I mean, <laughs> I think Jesse could probably use a chainsaw. She wanted to, but it's just like, it's she a, pro- it's a problem. Um, and it's just like overwhelming. And as her mind is starting to, to spin, it's like, what am I going to do with this wood pile? She just very peacefully is like, Jesus, please, please take care of the wood, fi- wood pile. And like, just lets it go. And within a day, um, somebody kind of pulls up and it's like, Hey, can I have that wood pile? <laughs> and, and it's just like this beautiful example. And she just did something very similar for me yesterday, but just, just this gentle, peaceful <laughs> admission of desperation and, and overwhelm and just, just inviting the Lord in, uh, to, to help and, and to do his thing. 
Um, and boy, that imitation of, of that has been such a gift uh, uh, for me. Good. Well, beautiful stuff. And uh, so again, a little different tone today, a little more reflective, mm-hmm. um, but I think absolutely necessary for us to talk about our relationship with the Holy Spirit, uh, learn from Mary, learn from the other people who who have that Marian uh, spirituality, I guess that you might want to call it. Yeah. Uh, so gather uh, as a community of prayer. <laughs> Don't be afraid of desperation. You know, let the spirit remind you of the sense of mission. Like let, let the Holy Spirit clarify the mission for you. Yeah. Um, so good stuff. Um, I think that we should probably in there, Jim. Yeah. We have some show notes kind of closing it like to, for you to be able to take this back right to your team's family, uh, your, your ministry team, whatever that is. Uh, we've got some on, on the show notes. We have a little kind of Lexio guide that has the uh, reading, uh, the story of Pentecost um, that'll be uh, proclaimed uh, this Sunday, I believe. Um, so we've got that uh, got that there. So an opportunity for you to to do Lexio, and then there's some questions for reflection. You know, just kind of asking, okay, asking you know questions like, Lord, what do you like? What is what is my sense of mission? What are you calling me to? Um, and just an opportunity for a team or a group or a family to kind of come together and uh, uh, yeah, experience a little a little bit of the uh, the the community of Acts of the Apostles. And you should be able to find not should you will be able to find those show notes on our website equip.archomaha.org. And next week's podcast equipcast will be on the topic of uh school tuition yay like oh like all the maintenance things like i was sort of complaining about uh like ah so actually uh our uh superintendent our outgoing superintendent uh dr michael ashton Mm -hmm. really has some some passionate um views about the role of tuition in for schools and families his his sort of line is it's not just as an exchange of goods so when you when you pay your tuition for a school it's not an exchange of goods. Goods. It's sort of a partnership in mission, mm-hmm. and um, again, not 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 an exchange to get it in to be to, for admission, but uh, to be on the mission together. So, it, just really interesting stuff, the, th- yeah. the things he he talks about. Like it's it's a spiritual thing for him, and it's it has it's not about mm-hmm. you know the material part of it. Obviously, that's important, but it's it's. Um, so I really wanted to pick his brain a little bit. One of the biggest conversations pastors have around the dinner table or when you get at, at retreats or at clergy conferences is we sort of complain like our tuition this and we don't have enough money for that. And and also and there's there's sometimes parents don't pay their tuition. And mm-hmm. so the kind of the big question is, uh, what do you do if you're a pastor or if you're a school leader and you you have parents who don't really want to be part of the mission? They just want to get have the admission. That's going to be a good conversation. So he'll be with us next week. 